Welcome to Nightlight, a horror movie podcast. I'm one of your hosts, Prince, also known as Head Knight, and alongside me, we got Freddy. Always keeping it spoopy. Always and forever also known as Nighty Knight. <gasps> Dave's still not here. <laughs> he'll be back soon. He'll be back. He should be back next week. That's when his quarantine is complete, so he should be back next week. Um, he is taking one more test, he told us, which we appreciate. Thank you, David. But we are a group of knights with an absolute love for film and a passion for horror. This is a podcast that takes a different horror film to break down, discuss the ultimate question, why horror? So hit the lights, sit back, and let the darkness envelope you. You can support the show over at patreon.com forward slash goodnightlife, and that's night with a what? Wow, my ears. By pledging on Patreon, you <laughs> access to the show ad-free and as early as Monday with a post-show. If you don't have any bucks to toss, don't worry. An episode is released every Friday on most podcast services around the world. Now, kicking things off with a brand new month. It's April. You know, last year we did April Fools. Yep. That was fun. It was fun. That was fun. But we're not fools this year. No. We're, we're better than that. We're right in the high tide now. We're right in the high tide. Wow. What a hint. <laughs> this time, everybody, we are focusing on Earth Day, which we're going to be celebrating for the whole entire month. And this is going to be Aquatic Horror Month, as Freddie illuminated for us a little Absolutely. bit there. Just wanted to wave it in. Just Oh, my gosh. All right. He's on a roll, everyone. Stop him now. Um, <laughs> but this is coined. There's no planet B. Now, what we are trying to do for this particular month we are for sure trying to uh, partner with someone, but we weren't able to find someone, but we will have in the show notes who we will be asking you to donate to, to just help save the world a little bit more each day. This is going to be mainly for beach cleanups and things like that, but that would honestly be tremendously awesome. We'll be donating as well. Um, but yes, so if you can donate alongside with us, everything's going to be in the show notes. We'll be stoked to have it. And yeah, but we are going to be covering Sea Fever. First and foremost, Freddie, thoughts? All right. I'm excited to talk about this. I'm very excited. Um, for this movie, Sea Fever, never heard about it. Okay. Never seen it, obviously, because I haven't heard about it. Uh, kind of <laughs> coincides with each other. Um, I would have to say I loved it. What? I liked it. I liked it a lot. Yes. If people know the history of like all the movies that I kind of like, this mm-hmm. kind of fits that kind of mold in a way. Uh, I, I already talked about like isolation horror, like Alien, which is one of my favorite movies. And that is taken this is, in space, which yeah. this is taken out in the seas where like no Pretty one can cool. really help you. And also I love The Thing, which a lot of this has some That's similarities to. Yeah. And I think this is a really good movie that we're watching now because we are in a – pandemic in a way where it's kind of relatable in that type of aspect with like a contagion or some type of virus that's kind of spreading from person to person mm-hmm. so you still have that sense of panic and relatability and this movie kind of hit all of the marks for the most part i do have some issues with it but for the oh, most sure. part i kind of liked it a lot yeah and yeah it was very spooky uh i can tell that this is very low budget but it worked in its favor I feel like it's a really great character piece, too. I feel like all of the characters in it did a really great job in the acting category. And yeah, yeah I, I feel like it's a well-done movie. I agree. I'm surprised I've never heard of it. 
I also am surprised. Yeah, this movie was like a kicker for uh, 2020. Like this was a, a blast to watch in in 2020 because it was. I remember when it came out on Hulu, and I was like, "Oh shit, awesome!" I saw a ton of people talking about this, and I wanted to check it out. Hmm. And this was before I was where I am now. Um, so like, I didn't have the opportunity to see this earlier, but I was so stoked to see this movie, and I. Love this movie. Hell yeah. I love this movie. This movie's so much fun. I think it's a really just just a, a good time. Like obviously it's a horrible movie to to watch in certain times, but it was great to watch for like uh what was going on now yeah. for COVID and us being kind of stuck indoors and us feeling isolated ourselves and uh, kind of being stuck in our own bubble and things like that. And I thought that was just perfect. Yeah, you know, yeah. I I think that was just a perfect just I guess ramification and we were right in it right when this movie first came out like this movie came out in April of 2020 Damn. so this was like as soon as quarantine started excuse me um, but yeah I, I think this movie's a blast I just love the creature design I love how the lights yeah, shine so it's just like the, the uh, bioluminescent is just beautiful to see in this movie too it's, it's just it's so much fun I do have to say this even though it's probably a low budget and I don't um, think it's like crazy low though Probably not. Yeah. They, they definitely had some budget to play with. Yeah. But all of the underwater shots, oh, so breathtaking and Gorgeous. so beautiful to look at. And right off the bat, you get that like opening scene, which we'll talk about as well. Uh, but even like we were saying with like all of the lights and stuff like that, it like reflects off their face and stuff like that. Oh, it's, it's beautiful. It's done really, oh, really well. Oh my God. It's so incredible. And I love the fact that this movie is not really based on the creatures itself. It's very right. much based on the humanity in the situation that you're dealing oh, sure, in. Yeah. And, and it's it's very telling on like our, our character, um, Savan, how she was – pretty much trying to look out for the good of the world everyone yes. and and that very much like was very telling for like covid right like it just it just made all of that just hit in every cylinder of what was happening in today's timeline so i i love this movie i think it's a fantastic movie you ready to dive in though okay okay let's take the dive that was for you freddie that was for you. <laughs> sea <swimming> fever. <laughs> okay, let's stop. Sea fever, <laughs> directed by Nisa Hardiman, released April tenth, twenty twenty, in the U.S. with a runtime of one hour and thirty five minutes. I couldn't find a budget. No box office found, obviously because theaters were closed, and a rating of eighty seven percent on Rotten Tomatoes. We open onto a disembodied voice for a visual experience from the company Dust. And this is actually the little company that made the movie, but it goes so telling as how they were kind of explaining what we were kind of getting ourselves into. Right. It's, it's very cool. like, um, and this is where it kind of kicks off my entire like Curiosity. inner fan of oh, Alien wow. because sure. I love like, um, wow, Wayland Corporation. Wow. So yeah. I love where like there's companies involved with like, oh, it's yeah. Pretty cool. Here's, um, what was it called? Dust. Dust. And it's like, let me tell you exactly what we do and what we're going to show you in the way. So cool. And I love that kind of stuff. I, I love world building. And I feel like that's a great introduction to this movie. I agree. The voice thanks us and continues speaking about the ocean. Quote, it goes largely unexplored and yet holds so much. A different life exists beneath it beneath its undulating surface. You may have sensed its edges ventured only to a shallow depth, but science is most curious passenger and it seeks more. This is sea fever, end quote. We fade to black, then cut to the surface of the ocean. And I just 
love to, I just that's just a, such a clever way to introduce a film. Yeah. It's just it's so clever. It's it's on the nose, but it's so clever. It's it's very poetic as well. So I, I loved it. Um, a woman falls into the water with all of her clothes on, trying to swim back to the top. Then we jump straight to the title card. Cut to our protagonist, Savan, working at her desk, looking at her colleagues having a party behind her. Her professor, her professor asks her if she's going to join them. She tells them no, then t- tells him um, to look at this parasite, mentioning that it's in the wrong place. And I think that's super interesting how we kind of got that that aspect of him brushing that off of like this parasite that they're supposed to be well that she's working with and he kind of brushes that off right yeah. i think that's super telling on to most of the characters brushing off savan <laughs> yeah and, and it's it's a very interesting thing because we get introduced to her and we can tell that she's very not isolated herself but she doesn't like to be very interactive with other people she's definitely an yeah. introvert and she's very hardworking and very into her own work. And she kind of just looks at that only where the people around her kind of just kind of do the work as well, but they pay attention to everything else, like in the social aspect of things. Right. It's like, Oh yeah, you should stop working. You should go eat cake and stuff like that. Right. They, they work, they, it's, it's like that, that context of they work hard, but they play hard too. Right. Yeah. So when she's all business and she's trying to explain something, she gets brushed off. Right. And we do see that a lot throughout this film. It's that like, we do. Damn. It's yeah. like, I get you're all involved in your work, but they're not really helping you out too, which kind of sucks. Yeah. But I do like how her character progresses throughout the film and becomes a little bit more open and becomes more friendly and she gets more friends and stuff like that. And then we see the events that happen, which it's kind of sad, but it's mm-hmm. cool. Yeah. He tells her he tells her that she is in fact in the wrong place, asking about when she is uh, when she is supposed to be on board the ship. She tells him three, but shrugs it off, saying it, um, it is important. He reminds her about her doctorate and that she has no choice but to go to this expedition. He closes her computer. She argues with him about her um, expertise and how she works. It's kind of fucked up because it's kind of the professor's fault that she died because <laughs> he made her go. But, right. I mean, hey, her professor. Um, t- I mean, we we don't technically know if she died or not but we'll talk about that later her professor tells her to get going and make some friends and she leaves timidly cut to a crew member johnny smoking a cigarette waiting for suvan to show up on the dock he helps her with her bags cracking a joke then announcing to everyone um, else that she's that she's made it johnny moves onto the boat leaving suvan on the on the steps as she stares on on how she is going to get on his aunt sierra comes up behind her giving her some advice on getting aboard the ship she carefully does as she's told johnny introducing her to sierra sierra warmly guesses that she's the scientist savan doesn't say anything back it's kind of rude but i can get how your anxiety can play in this factor oh, for sure like yeah. you know these are new people and you're in a new area and yet you guys might not have anything really in common so like i i get it right. i can get it's it it's the, the social aspect of things that she doesn't really dive too deep into not no more puns i'm sorry i'm not trying to do that on purpose but um she, <laughs> no she doesn't intended. like well okay maybe one more poem she doesn't uh. really she doesn't really jump into the deep end with people she is a little bit more reserved if that makes more sense oh yeah yeah, yeah no that makes a lot that. of sense definitely definitely um we jump to jared and freya speaking privately about something he's trying to conv- convince it onto her they are interrupted by johnny bringing savan and introducing her to them gerard i always want to call him gerard 
but it's Jared. It's just spelled weird. Jared introduces himself and his wife. Freya shakes her hand, then sends Jared and Johnny to speak with their mate, Omid. I loved Omid. He was, was great. He yeah. was great. He was such a fantastic character. Omid is underneath the boat, releasing pressure from the water flow. He heads up to the to the ladder, speaking with Sudi about the importance of their water. He tells Sudi that he's going to start looking for another job before Jared comes into the room. Jared gives them um gives them money that that he owes them, but it is half of their share. And Omid is confused by this. He tells them that they will get the rest when they are done with this job. And I think this is interesting because this kind of tells us. Like, okay, everyone's kind of pressed on cash. Right. Right. Like, I mean, they, Jared's main concept was I want to give you what you deserve, but I ain't got it and we need this fish so I can get it. (laughs) Yeah. They're in the tough spot. You can tell right away where there's something on the line for everyone. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. Omid reminds him about his baby coming soon, but Jared promises him, saying that he'll make it up to him. He leaves out of the room. Sudi's sighing that they need a big haul this year. And yeah, <laughs> I would have been pissed too, though. Like, I get it. Like, you of know, course. I would have been pissed. But at the same time, they're risking losing the boat as well. And we get some significance of what it means to them as well. Yeah, because um, I feel like Omid wasn't supposed to go. I don't think so. Yeah, because but what, they needed him to go, right? Yeah, because they that's right. That yeah, because he wanted catch. he wanted to stay behind for his his wife and kid, or his right. wife and soon be born kid. So, like, I, I feel like for him, he definitely was like, "Yeah, bro, like I'm trying to just get my share and dip." Yeah, like so. It's it's kind of cool that they have all of this context already because it gives the stakes of each character and yeah. their motives as well, and we can see why they make the choices they make later on because of this. Yeah. Back with Freya asking Savan what she does. She tells Freya what she does in the most scientific of ways. Freya clarifies the question. Savan shares that uh, she will need to... She would... Excuse me. Savan shares what she will need to do while she is on the ship, Jared coming back into the area. She shares that she needs to do a short dive. They are taken back by, by the need. Freya sharing that fishermen don't swim. And we kind of get that context later on in the film as well. Oh, yeah. Savan goes outside the ship, t- um, taking off her sweater and beanie with Johnny and Sudi around. Johnny introduces her to Sudi. He laughs, spewing out a quote-unquote fucking hell, <laughs> asking if Jared knows about this. Johnny saying that he does now while and they're all like looking through the window at her like completely dumb like oh fuck jared is staring at them from inside the window dumbfounded and she is a redhead that she is a redhead freya reminds him that they are already spent her money he knows he and he knows but comments that they can't afford the bad luck and i love how this works in retrospect yeah i Like, like um because I had no idea that's bad luck. It's a bad omen for someone who has red hair to be out in the sea. So I was like, oh, that's a thing. Okay. The more you know. Yeah, I, I guess it is. Because like, I, I didn't know that either until I looked yeah. it up for this film. But um, it, it was it's an interesting superstition. It really is. It's a very interesting superstition. Savan questions Johnny about her being bad luck. He, symp- he empathizes that she can't change who she is, but... Um, suggests that she wears her beanie. Jarrett calls for them to lift the anchors and they are they are now on their way. Savan follows Johnny into the bunking area, him telling her to choose a bunk. She asks about the amount of bunks, him sharing that they sleep in two-hour shifts. 
she comments about the science of lack of sleep, saying that they they can experience psychosis. He chalks it up to sea fever, claiming that it happens, but he shares that it uh, she, that she's not on shift, so she doesn't have to worry about it. Jared and Freya give uh, give a safety prayer, kissing a locket with a picture of their child inside. Savan is outside looking out as the, as they sail away, with the PA telling the crew to make their last calls because they. That they will not have any coverage. Just another way to destroy the aspect of the phone. That's always in horror, right? How are we going to destroy the phone? How is that? No coverage. You're going to be out of reach. No connection. Battery dead. Things like that. Like, how are we going to figure this out? Cool. When they're out there, they're on their own. Perfect. We got the context. There could have been another context, right? Where it's just like they could have been on sea and maybe they dropped their phones. That's true too. Yeah. Right? Never know. Never know. You never know. Freya and Freya and Jared are looking at the fisheries and stoked at the information presented. Meanwhile, Johnny is showing Savan their uh, water filtration system as Omid uh, works down there. She asks about the amount of uh, filters, ionizers, and if he designed it himself. He tells her that he did, and she claims that it's brilliant, asking about his standards of work. Johnny sarcastically tells him to not be fooled by her overwhelming personality. She clarifies that the job seems low status for him. Omid says that he's been waiting for the right opportunities. Savan gets shocked Johnny uh, mentioning that she needs a place to work and Savan gets literally shocked like she touches something and she gets shocked by it <laughs> yeah Amid, a great context yeah exactly Amid tells tells them uh, that she can't because it is too dangerous they look for another location Sierra offering her a table that she can work on she gives her thanks and is setting up what Sierra at um, when Sierra asks if she is cold, noticing the hat on her head. Savan shows her some of her hair, Sierra commenting that she's a redhead. She offers Savan a drink, telling her to take it off, and everyone has to get used to her being there. And I love how nice Sierra is to her until right. she isn't. <laughs> exactly. No, it's like, like I said, this is a movie that's a real character piece. And yeah. It's very like, much about humanity. Yeah. And it's pretty well structured and it's very linear. And at the same time, it's still great seeing it. It's like we've seen this kind of stuff happen before. It's like, oh, yeah, everyone's in a good standing. Everyone likes each other. And then they start turning on each other once events happen. Um, it's something that is always talked about in human behavior, right? Yeah. It's like when you're put in this predicament, how are they going to react? Right. And we see the different types of stuff that, like I said, are on like at stake with them. And the things they'll do to either protect themselves, their loved ones, or what they have to get done in their like life. I agree. It's interesting. It's very interesting. It's super fascinating to see how they also kind of take this element because initially this is this is cabin fever. Yeah, it's essentially, the same, it's the same yeah. concept as cabin fever. It's just. In my opinion, done a little bit more tastefully, but um, fair enough. It, yeah, <laughs> but it's just it, it's a very fascinating way to um, shine that particular light on humanity and what would humans do in this situation? Yeah. If you're placed in this situation, what are you going to do? And that's such a fascinating thing to even think about. Freya calling the Coast Guard. Um, oh, excuse me. Freya calls the Coast Guard. They tell her that her coordinates are for the exclusion zone. Jared double checks. She tells the, the Coast Guard that they will power through the zone. Coast Guard telling them uh, that isn't allowed because of the whales and the calves that are in the area. They accept their orders uh, before Freya leaves out of out of the bridge of the ship. Jared checks their co- uh, coordinates on the paper one last time. We cut to night. The ship sailing deeper onto the cast ocean. Savan is going to to work at the table, but some of the crew are already having dinner. 
Sierra asks if she's hungry, Savon telling her that she she isn't and heads back into the box. They all chatter and laugh as she, as she is below eating some of her own food. And I love like the imagery of when we see the sea because it does yeah. remind you very much of like a documentary. Like you just you just yeah. picture like David Attenborough's voice coming up or something. <laughs> like it's just it, it, it's as they very go telling. off to the coast. <laughs> But I do have to say, I am terrified of the ocean. Oh. I don't mess with the ocean. The Bruh. ocean is a powerful, Fuck mysterious being. And I, not even being, but it, it's just a scary thought of like not knowing a lot about it. And that always scares me. Yeah. Like, I, and the, not like the beach. I can go in the water. It's not a big deal. But open water. Ooh. Yeah. Terrifying. Nah, me. nah, bro. I, I'm not a fan. I'm, I'm cool off that. Yeah, no, I'm good. I'm good. Savon catches something out of the water, then montages of her working, eating in the bunk area and using a flashlight to look at one of her books. Someone tells her to turn off the turn off her light, and she annoyingly ob- obliges before heading outside. Freya comes outside, asking her, asking her if she's out there every night, then offers her to come look at the bioluminescent phytoplankton. Freya shares a Nordic tale about N- I, I'm probably going to butcher this Nem Sinar. Um, someone who was so sad about losing her lover that she gave herself to the sea. Uh, Siobhan um, asking if she drowned herself. Freya tells her that she's immortal and that her hair lights the sea. Um, Now it's day, Jared and and Freya inside the wheelhouse. They look outside the windows, surprised by the whales being um, being close by. Jared calls for the rest of the crew to take a look. Downstairs, they rush to gander outside the windows. Sierra mentions that there are two of them and a calf. Savan doesn't smile for, from excitement, Johnny asking if she sees them. She tells him that she can, but claims that the whales aren't usually around fishing lanes because of the noise. The ship continues chugging along as Savan mentions that something is wrong. And I love how immediately she just started like, no, this isn't right. Because right. she, she is a scientist of behavior. Right, she knows that this is not supposed to be happening right, right now, which is great context. Again, oh yeah, it's fantastic the, the, context. The movie does a really good job of placing all the pieces together really well, and yeah. it's done so flawlessly. And I have to give great credit for the screenwriting because of that. No, I agree. The screenwriting itself definitely plays a pivotal role in how this is shot from the day to the night because it gives us context of how long they're out there, which I think is great. Yeah. So Sierra telling her that whales are, are a good omen. Freya calls the calls that another big shoal. I, I think that's how you say it. I, I don't know. Soul? Shoal? I don't know. Is less than a mile. Um, Jared checks the radar, noticing that the shoal is moving towards them pretty quick. It connects with the boat, causing them all to lose their footing. They call downstairs for, for the damages, but no response right away from Amid. Amid asks for them to send down Savan. She is outside looking into the water, trying to spot something until she call, is called down to the filtration systems. When she gets downstairs, Amid mentions that something is changing the texture of the wood. She walks over to the wood, looking at the bubbling anomaly, surrounding the planks she bends closer poking slightly through it water trickling in amid command suited to get timber plugs amid asks savan's um, expertise on what that is but she's quiet meanwhile freya is trying to start the ro- the rotor but mentions that it seems that as if she 
as if they are caught on something. She tries to call the Coast Guard, but nothing is coming in. Checking where they are, she notices that they are in the exclusion zone. Back with Siobhan and the other two men, she touches the dark green goo coming inside the ship. And it, it's gross. Like, they're touching this with their hands. Like, yeah. it's just like, don't poke that with your finger. What for, are you doing? someone who studies this kind of stuff, you're not so smart yourself, to be <laughs> honest. I was like, yo. And they have gloves. We find out they have gloves. Yeah, they gloves. have gloves. They, they, they have, have pins. things to do. <laughs> like, don't poke exactly it Exactly what this. they need to do. But, but the sense, I was like, okay, I get it. I, like me, I was, I was very curious about this movie because I didn't see any trailer. I didn't, I just dove, I don't mean to make the puns. <laughs> I dove right it. into it. And I, I was cool. I was really happy to see things play out scene by scene because I don't know what's really going on. So right. I, I was like, oh, what did they hit? They Are they just stuck there? Is this like a um, paranormal movie? Is this a psychological thriller? Is it just all about like this mentality of sea, fe- or, yeah, sea fever? Mm-hmm. Uh, and that's the whole movie. I didn't know it was like a creature feature. And seeing the wood change, I was like, oh, that's such a great way to introduce this. Mm-hmm. It's like, oh, it can literally manipulate texture in a way. And I was like, oh, wow, that's a very interesting concept. Yeah, I agree. Amid chopping it up as a possible chemical spill, she's into, she's into the dining area, Sierra asking what's going on and if they are sinking, but she doesn't know. Savon grabs a spoon and then heads back down into the filtration system. Freya calls Jared an idiot and that uh, they can be tangled onto onto anything. Savon is scoping more of the scooping more of the goo, placing a sample onto a glass tray. Jared comes into the room asking if this is what what is stopping them. Amid claiming that it is as Excuse me. Amid claiming that it is, um, as Jared walks over to Savon, stepping on the on the slime, he places his finger on the hole, immediately bringing it back uh, when his fingers goes through with ease. Gross. But he continues pulling away at the soft, gooey area, revealing something reddish and pulsing. This looks so insane. Like I like like it looks so intense. Savon saying that it could be a species of barnacles. He asks Savon if she has her scuba gear, then asks for her to dive and take take off the barnacles for them. Like, hell I am. Fuck you. Right? <laughs> she, oh, yeah, I was like, fuck you, dude. She claims that um, she claims that could be anything, but he dick- dickishly reminds her uh, what she's there for to find anomalies. Cut to her getting her gear on, Johnny assisting her, letting her know that he, he has her while clamping a rope around her waist. Jared hands her a cutting knife, telling her to to, telling her to do her best, Freya watches from above. Savan looks looks out into the sea into the sea before heading, um, before putting her headgear on and diving into the water. She swims towards the large glowing tentacles that are attached to the side of the boat. Um, she tries to cut through blood seeping into the ocean around her amid bangs on the wall for her to stop before, before water, um, starts rushing inside the ship. She moves back more tentacles coming up behind her, opening up, um, trying to attach to her. She looks below and sees a deep, a deep black mass with the, with more glowing tentacles streaming out from its dark mass. This looks fucking great. I love it. I love this design. This it's looks so cool. great. Like I love the t- the like hundreds of tentacles coming out of this. Yeah, thing. and I love how it lights up the entire scene. Too. It's beautiful. It's gorgeous to look at. It's beautiful. Like, like it kind of looks like it's not the like the sea floor though. Like it looks like it could be floating, but at the same time, like it yeah. does, it doesn't look like it's stationed at the floor of the sea. 
No, for sure not. So, I feel like this is like deep, deep, deep like waters that they're in. Right. And this is literally just surfacing just to like maybe catch food or prey and they're just in their way. Maybe. Yeah. Savant is sitting back inside telling the crew that she is never going back down there again. They ask her to describe what happened. She hesitantly tells them that it is one huge animal with a a lot of tendrils. They are guessing that the creature is a squid, but she mentions that it is more like a a Chenaridon? I don't know how to say that word. Uh, Nadarian? I think that sounds correct. Nadarian. Um, Which is like pretty much like squids or jellyfish and things like that. Things without vertebrates. Not science words. Yeah. Science. Um, Adding that it could also be a really huge, a really large squid. Um, Jared gets excited telling them all hands on deck to try to capture the creature. Johnny Castanet, Savan is trying to convince Freya that they uh, need to call for help. Freya suggests that they will be fine, explaining what they, what they will have to do. The winch um, starts pulling up. Excuse me. But the ship is beginning to tilt. Jared tells Johnny to keep it going. The um, ship continues, continuing to tilt. Freya telling him to call it off, and he agrees. Johnny pulls the winch back up. He is about to walk over to Savan, but he gets caught in the mechanism. She stares at him as he screams in pain amid yelling for her to uh, hit the brake. He runs over to it, pressing the brake, Johnny f- um, falling to the floor in pain from his mangled hand. Savan, I love how she just watches him. <laughs> yeah, there's not much of a reaction going on here. She's like, uh, what the Maybe fuck? shock factor? I Maybe it has know. to be shock. Yeah, right? but even him. Don't be stupid, stupid. You've probably done this a couple times before. Where are you putting your hand? Come on. Yeah, that's fair. What are you doing? <laughs> what are you, stupid? Savan picks up uh, Johnny's wallet, but notices that there is more of that jelly material on it. She looks out in the sea, spotting something. She runs inside the bridge, frantically telling Freya and Jared um, about another boat. Jared looks out with his binoculars and upset by the discovery and the possibility of splitting the profits. He thinks for a moment and considers them possibly having a better winch. Savan adding quote and a radio end quote yes let's try to get the fuck out of here as Freya tries to fix theirs they shoot out a flare but no response cuts to Freya trying to convince Sudi to go alongside uh, with Jared but he's not down to get into that water I don't blame you yeah. <laughs> uh, Sierra agreeing that it is a bad idea and for them to wait for the Coast Guard. Jarrett chimes in claiming that they will um, that they will be able to help them. Savon mentions that, they sh- that she will go, Johnny also agreeing that he will go as well. Freya watches them row towards the other ship amid nailing over the gooey holes from the tendrils. Um, the three members make it aboard the boat, calling out to them but no answer. The two, the two men check the net. Meanwhile, Savan checks the radio. She tells Johnny that they smashed the radio, wondering why would they do that. He tells her to listen, but there is no sound. He moves back to Jared, um, Savan claiming that they, should, that they should leave, but they open the ladder hatch inside the boat instead. <laughs> I like how Savan like, kind of has the, the right mentality. They're like, yo, we shouldn't be up in here. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> like this doesn't seem right. Johnny moves in first, then Jared, um, and they call for Savan to come down. She hesitantly makes her way down there. They move through the boat, Jared putting out a tiny fire, and Savan calls for someone um, when she hears a radio. She moves closer to the sound, spotting a group of men dead. And this just 
such creepy imagery. Incredible. Yeah. It, it is terrifying. And with the music being played and like the visuals, I was like, oh, this is giving me some Bioshock vibes. Ooh. Which I'm a huge Bioshock fan. Yeah. It just reminds me of like, you know, the sea and how dangerous it is. And when they talk about sea fever and how they went mad and possibly killed each other, it definitely, I was like, oh, wow, this is like very Bioshock. Yeah. And I was like, I love it. It's like, it had, that's not about this movie. It had bits and pieces of like my favorite stuff. Mm-hmm. And that's where I like gravitated towards. And I kind of enjoyed it a lot more. Every time yeah. they like showed me something, it's like, oh, that reminds me of this. Oh, that reminds me of that. I was like, I like all those things. I like this movie. <laughs> yeah, it, it's great that you had that even sense too. But like when you get a better sense like of how all of this works out in this yes. in this film, you do get the sense that like the, they haven't been dead long. Right. Like this seemed like this just kind of happened. And another thing it kind of reminded me of is the thing with this as well, because we see what happened with the other camp mm-hmm. that they see like, oh, they probably all went mad and killed each other. But then we find out it was the infection of them turning on each other in a way too. And I was like, oh yeah, this is exactly like the thing. It's right. almost the same, uh, not formula, but the same way the storytelling was going. It's like, oh, there's something going on with our camp. We should go check them out. Oh, wow. They're all dead. And they go to another camp and like, oh, right. they're all dead too. And they think they killed each other, but they find out what it really was, which was this entity being yeah. inside them. Pretty like, much. Wow. Like, like, And that's the thing where I said this is definitely a much more, I guess, uh, tasteful way of doing cabin fever and, right. and, and things like that. Because very much like it is like, yeah, this thing's inside me. And, and I feel like... S- for that crew, I don't know if they turned on each other or what, yeah. but like it was interesting that like the crew that we had here, they, we only kind of see them turn on each other, I guess, once with Sierra, right? Yeah. So like it, it, it's very interesting. Um, Johnny wretches from the from the site Savon points her light on a man whose eyes are gouged out. Jared chalks this up to a case of sea fever and explains the eyes possibly being from a bird. They head out. Jared um telling them not to mention this to anyone on their boat. So uh, Savon asks about how they will get home. He doesn't answer. Meanwhile, back on the other boat, the crew is is um, hearing a moaning throughout the sea. Freya calls to Amid, but doesn't get a response as the as the other three are making their way back to the boat. They make it back onto their boat. Amid asking how to go, Jared claims that they have have their own problem. Freya starts the motor. Amid laughing that uh, the thing the thing let them go. They are all stoked except for Savan, having a hunch that this isn't over just yet. I mean, yeah, why would it just Good let hunch. you go? Right. <laughs> the boat is sailing through the through the ocean. Savan thinking as as she watches the waves pass them by. Uh, cut to her speaking um, with Amid about animals not just allowing something um, they trap to to let be let go. I mean, yeah, sounds right to me. <laughs> um, they start theorizing as to why they were let go from the creature. Jared calls on the radio that a large mass is coming towards them. Jared is speaking with Freya about them not having a catch. She asks about the creature latching onto them. Again, he explains that they know that they now know. Oh, excuse me. That they yeah that they now know. Um, and will will net it before it, it gets near them. And it's funny because I feel like I would have told them like. Yeah, bro, a net's not going to work for this fucking thing. Not at all. Like, I saw it. Like, and call me crazy if you want to, but that's no way 
a net's yes. gonna work for this thing. But then we get like the previous context that we have is them needing to get that catch. They need a way to make money to continuously survive and have a job and keep the boat and stuff like that. So they're taking that risk. It's like we yeah. kind of have to for our livelihood. No, that's fair. Yeah, that's definitely fair. She mentions that it is a risk. Jared reminding her about their financial trouble. She gets up calling for them to shoot the net. Johnny brings the net back up, releasing a bunch of fish. Everyone is stoked about their catch. While um, handing the box fish, they are all discussing what they are going to do with their share. Um, While Johnny is about to pick up another box, he sits it back down uh, from the pain in his hand. And it's funny how like that pain just it's like. Like, it's a, r- a reminder, because I kind of, at this point, I forgot that he hurt himself. Yeah. And, and I love it's himself a slow build. On the net that has that slime on there. Right, right. Savan asks about him. He tells her that he's not okay. Meanwhile, more of the goo is dripping from the net and off their boots as they move uh, around the cabin. Savan is working. Johnny coming into the bathroom. She is. She asks if he's always that way. He, he tells her that the things that things happen at sea and and coast guards are will have to deal with it. He gives her advice to let it go and rest because they are there. And it's just like it's interesting because it's that selfishness that we see throughout this film. Yeah. Right? She closes her computer flirtatiously asking him what shall she do instead? And I was like, "Oh. Okay. <laughs> okay. He bluntly asks her if she's flirting with him, letting her know if um, it is okay if she is. They are about to kiss, but Sudi and Amid come into the room. And it's interesting because he's been infected by this point. Yeah. And it's interesting that if they would have kissed, she probably would have been infected sooner. That is true. So uh, I was, I, I was, call out. Yeah, yeah. I was very curious on that. They're, um, they are, uh, they are all having dinner. Savannah mentioning to Johnny that he looks hot. Mm. He turns this into a flirtatious thing, and she comments that um he might have a fever. He claims that it is for his from his shower, and the rest of the rest of the table start cracking jokes. Johnny breaks the banter with a toast to Savan. Then they go back to cra- um cracking jokes on each other yet again. Savan drops her smile for a moment. Johnny asking if she's okay, then telling her to come with him for a swim. The rest of the crew stop their chatter on what Johnny just said. And I love that because it, it sounds like they're chattering, but yet they remind us that they aren't that far from each other. Right. And like Freya was like, what did he say? Like, wait, wait, wait. Did he just say he was going to go for a swim? Right. In the ocean while we're still moving? Even no. me as a viewer, I was like, wait, wait, what? Yeah. Like it, it stopped me from like watching the movie temporarily. I was like, wait, what? Yeah, he did say that. It's right. Like, yeah, call that out. Yeah, please. exactly. Yeah. Like, this guy's crazy. Yeah. <laughs> Sierra and Savan, and, and I, I do have to ask, actually, um, did you, at this point, did you know that they were in, like, would, like at, at this point, what is going through your head? Are you okay, still, well, like, kind of confused? N- not at this point, because they do a really good job of showing his physical like appearance his, look different. Yeah, like, he does, he's, he's he does sweating. Look, he, looks he is sweating. Sick. And I was like, oh, he's definitely infected by something. Um, and this is just me constantly watching a bunch of movies. I can kind of see this. And it's not a big surprise to me, but I was like, oh, okay, maybe this thing causes them to do not dumb things, but it's like lack of judgment. And it's like, yeah, he's going to go for a swim because he's not in the right, uh, right mindset. Mm-hmm. And that's obviously caused by whatever infected him. Because for sure at this point, I was like, oh, yeah, he's for sure infected with something. 
right. what that is and what was about to happen. I didn't see that coming, of course. Sure. Yeah. And it's 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 interesting because like as we take the mindset of a parasite taking right. over the brain and things like that, like you you do get that context a lot for this film in particular. Yes. Sierra and Savan run out to stop him from jumping into the water. They are trying to stop him, and he seems a bit delusional as he is trying to convince them that he's fine. Sierra moves him back inside, the crew yelling about how stupid that was for him, of, of him. Jared and Sierra uh, think that he's on drugs, and I love this, how they're like, you, did you bring drugs on my boat, boy? Yeah, hello, man. <laughs> no. Uh, Savan mentions that he's hot and that she thinks his hand is infected. Sierra asks for his hand, Johnny claiming that he's fine and that he that he just needs to sleep. He is rubbing his eyes and Savant asking if he would like for him to uh, look at his eye. And I love how she asked that too. She was like, cause she noticed it right away. And she's just like, like Johnny, would you like me to check your eye? And yeah. I love that where he, when she checks it, you just see that shimmer. shimmer. Yeah. It's so fucking good. Um, uh, he allows her and she's slightly, and she's slightly startled by something swimming behind his pupil. I fucking love it. I love it. So this was another moment. It was like, oh, this is from something else that I really liked. And that is from uh, Prometheus. Ah. Where they kind of have almost a very similar scene as well. And it almost has the same effects too, where it's like making someone look very sick, very ill. And then they kind of go crazy afterwards. And I was like, oh, wow, that's very, very similar to it. And it's it's just really cool looking like visually. Yeah. I don't know how they did it, but that little shimmer, even, I don't know if it's weird to say, I was like, I was like, oh, Prince is going to like that moment. <laughs> he loves glowing eyes. This is probably the closest thing to it, it in this movie. thing I got. And closest that little shimmer pops up a few times. I was like, oh, that's really cool. And then it, I love it. the nice thing about this too, I was kind of like guessing and I was like, oh, I know exactly what happens to that other person's eyes now. So I was waiting for it. Yes. Jared asked for him to see, um, but he's not able to see anything. And I love how intense this moment is, too. He's just like, let oh, me that's see. That's scary. He's, he's like, mm, I don't see anything. <laughs> Jared asked for him to, uh, oh, excuse me. Um, he demands that Johnny um, to go get some sleep and Savon to relax. Johnny gets up and walks over to the sink. We transition to Sudi taking a shower. Back with Johnny trying to throw water on his face, but um, he begins to writhe in pain. Sierra and Savan uh, run over to him trying to calm him down. He gasps that he can't see. He His eyes being taken over until they explode out of his head, releasing these small magnet maggot-like leeches into the sink. And they look fucking great. Like they so itch, scary. they like inch away right. and like are like moving towards the uh, drain and it just looks really good. It lo- it does look really, really good. Looks I love this really like good. design because we see what the main thing is, but now we see the parasites of it. Yeah. And I was like, look oh, great. cool. That's, that's pretty awesome to look, they look at. Great. And then we get our clarifications like that's exactly what happened to the other person on the other boat. Right. Yeah. It's like we understand. Yeah. And I, I feel like that's just a scary thought of losing your vision too. Uh, that's probably one of the scariest things that could probably ever happen to someone as it's like your your vision's going right. and then it's gone. Yeah. And that's then wild. it's short-lived because then we see what happens afterwards. Right. And it brings me back to that quote from Prometheus, small things have big beginnings. Or no, big things big, have small beginnings. Yeah. It's like, I love that. 
Johnny drops to the floor, screaming in pain as, as Savan tries to hold over his, his bleeding eye sockets. The, other, the others run into the room from the commotion. Savan takes off her hands, Johnny no longer moving. She looks at her hands, telling Sierra um, to move back from him and to not touch anything. She tells all of them to come with her, and she tells them that they, are, they were parasites in his eyes, mentioning that they went into the water. Freya springs into action to try to turn it off, Savan asking about Sudi whereabouts. Amit runs into the bunks, banging for him to turn off the shower. Sudi thinks he's jo- joking, but, Am- but Amid yells for him to turn it off. A parasite falls onto his back, scratching him and shedding blood. How do you not fucking feel that? That was a lot of blood. Oh yeah, I think he felt it. I don't think so. He just still continued taking that shower. That's true. <laughs> yeah. Like, I think he felt that shit later, like when when the shower stopped and it spewed on his face. <laughs> then he felt that shit. <laughs> the water turns off. Sudi yells as um, at them as the, as Amid tries to t- still tell him to get out of there. Sudi hears something rattling in the shower head above, and w- then it spews onto him. And it's just like all these parasites just right. Savan finds a knife, breaking on breaking the door open. Sudi is on the ground in fetal position, shivering with blood covering his body. <laughs> Damn. Amid gives him a coat trying to calm him down. Sierra is still with Johnny's body trying to tell herself that that he's okay. Jared and Amid move his corpse into the freezer um, where they left their catch. Savan is trying to read in her textbook but breaks down into tears from what she just experienced. Freya closes the door into her cabin with Jared muffling muffling Savan's um, sobs behind her. We cut to Savan, Jared, Amid, and Freya checking the filtration system for the water. Amid pours out the water, noticing that the steel filter has been completely penetrated. These fucking things are it's crazy. All of the rest of the filters are the same, Amid poking himself on the last filter. Savan asks uh, where the water flows. Um, Amid runs into the uh, pipe... Amid runs into the piping area, frantically turning off the water. He tells Savan that nothing can get in or out unless they get through the lid. She mentions that they need to open it so she can see, so she can try to identify them. He hesitantly hands her the gloves, just like you said, they have gloves, <laughs> pleading for her to be careful. They open the lid, a small fragment of the glowing um, being popped excuse me, a small fragment of the glowing being pops out of the hatch. Amid immediately smashes it with his foot, asking asking her um, what they are. She isn't sure, thinking that it could be some type of larvae. Back with the crew, Jared telling the crew that they need to get the larvae out of the tank. Sierra angrily tells him to empty it, um, the rest arguing that this will this will mess with their fresh water supply. They continue to argue Savan mentioning something um, inaudible over the yells. Freya cuts everyone off so she can repeat it. She tells them that she that if they if she is correct, the larvae are going to die in a few hours if they are saltwater creatures. Jared agrees um, with her. Sudi, um, rightfully scared, asks if Johnny got bitten like this. He calms he calms Sudi down amid asking what the crew on the other ship said to, to him. Savan spitefully tells them tells him nothing um, because they were all dead. <laughs> Way to spill the beans there, right? <laughs> but I mean, it, it was just like you have to at that yeah, point to be honest. Yeah, like seriously, like I get why Jared didn't want to mention it before because he didn't want to scare them. 
Right. It's like, okay, they ended up killing themselves, but now it's related to what's happening to our crew member. Right. We need to talk about it. Exactly. Everyone is shocked at this information. Jared explaining that it, it was sea fever. He runs over to the agenda, trying to uh, think of things to keep the to keep them busy and vigilant. Freya picks up um, share. Excuse me. Freya picks up sharing that him and Savan will check the water in a couple of hours. Jared orders Savan to take first watch while everyone um, else rests. Cut to amid putting Sudi to bed. Sudi starts speaking about his bike, then starts to sob. Amid embraces him, allowing him to get it out. Savan is startled awake from a nightmare of her falling into the water. Amid telling her th- uh, that it is it is time for them to check the water. They they head into the chamber. Uh, Savan wielding a fishing net as Amid lifts open the hatch. He asks if they're dead and she uh, thinks they are. She thinks they they are and starts, and excuse me, he asks if they're dead and she thinks that they're all good and um, starts splashing around with the net. There, the, uh, There is a metallic clanking sound underneath as she continues. She pulls back the net and it's, it has been completely shredded amid commenting about them having the ability to eat through the net. She claims that they are weaker, thinking um, thinking that there are fewer of them and they will just have to wait it out. Now, this is actually kind of fascinating, the fact that she thinks right. that they're weaker, but I think it's the opposite. They're getting stronger. I agree. <laughs> uh, you can tell for sure they're getting a lot bigger as well. Right. And there could be fewer of them, but I feel like they're morphing together to create a well, what we see later on. Right. And I think because it's going through that metaphor, um, metaphor, how do you say it? Metaphor? No, it's not metaphor. Oh my God. It's okay. Sciencey words. When they uh, morph into like the bigger being, it slows them down in that process. Oh, what she called the Neadrian or whatever, the Neadrian. (laughs) So once it's like transitioning to that bigger being, it's just becoming a lot slower and maybe more dormant until it gets to that bigger form. Is where I was getting from. Uh, because, yeah, that net gets completely shredded. And right. I was like, yo, that's kind of cool. It but is. At the same time, not for you. Yeah, 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 exactly. Yeah. This very much also reminds me of uh, like Pacific Rim, like that quote in Pacific Rim where they say, we thought aliens come from space, but they actually come from the ocean. I love that. Yeah. yeah. I think that just works so well for this movie. The crew are around as Jared gives his prayers for Johnny Freya leaving as soon as he's done. Sierra continuing her prayers in a different language. Jared asks if she needs something to help her sleep. Um, she doesn't answer him and leaves out of the room. Amid is about to leave, but Jared stops him to, to tell them to get them home quickly. While he's walking up the ladder, Savan notices the slime that he, he is tracking from his boots. She immediately runs into, into the bunks, taking out her scientific equipment and checking samples. Sudi wakes up, asking her what she's doing. She notices that he is still bleeding, covering him back up and grabbing another blanket. He tells her that everything is fuzzy and that and if this is what happened to Johnny. She bluntly tells him that Johnny had a fever and that he has just lost a lot of blood, which is affecting his eyes. And I think this is super fascinating here where it affects them differently. Yes. And this is this is very interesting on how a disease works in general. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I could call. Because it's like not everyone's going to have like the same symptoms all together. Right. Like same thing like with the flu, for example. I mean, some people get the sniffles, some people die. Like it's just uh, yeah. it, it's one of those things where it it could be different for everybody, and I love how it was so different for Sudi because it kept us on our toes. Where we were thinking like like well yeah he might be infected, but he's not doing what Johnny did. 
Yeah. So maybe not. Maybe he is just his blood. From what I got to, or this is my thinking about it, because I was thinking, I was like, oh, is his eyes ever going to burst and stuff like that too? But maybe the burst of the eyes happened because it was growing too big in size at that time where they're already that size. So now they're just living in his main body and not in his eyes anymore. Maybe. And, oh, by the word, by the way, the word I was thinking about is metamorphosis. Oh, metamorphosis. I was like, why can I not say that word? That's a word. But it's, it's, a, it's a word. <laughs> That's it has a, a word. one, two, three, four, five syllables. <laughs> it's a word. But yeah, science. <laughs> science with Freddie. Uh, he asks, he asks questions about his condition, but she tells him that she can't help right now because she needs to focus. So Vaughn, um, uh, blah, what was I going to say? Oh, I had a joke in here for you. I said, yes. I get it. She has bigger fish to fry. Hey. <laughs> bum, bum, bum. Savan goes back to ch- uh, checking on the slime in the microscope. She she sees mul- uh, multiple organisms moving throughout, and she runs to tell the other crew members, saying that the creature must have mistaken their boat for an animal, continuing that it produced a, pro- a progenerative substance and got into Johnny's open wound. Amit tries to make sense of the slime, having eggs in in the slime. Um, he... She tells them that all, all, excuse me. She tells them that all that they that it is po- possible for them to get infected if they aren't already. So Vaughn tells them that they need to kill those eggs. Gerard asking how and fucking figure it out, bro. Like, right. <laughs> like I love her thing saying she's like, I like that's not my job. You kill things. I don't. <laughs> I study things. You figure it out. We jump to Sierra pouring a, a liquid in the in a bucket, and then passing it along to Freya. Um, she pours it. She pours it onto a cloth that she is about to put put into the filtration system. Savon looks at the jug, letting her know that this won't kill them. It's funny how she comes back, where it's just like, "But you told us to figure it out, so why don't you just let us try?" Yeah. But all right, Savon, I see you. But she's cool. She's like, "Okay, sounds good." Yeah, exactly. Um, and, and it's interesting because she is the scientist here, right? Right. And she's not even a classified scientist just yet because she's still working on her her doc doctorate, but um, her doctorate. Don't know why I said it that way, um, but whatever. She's the most sciencey person there. Everybody else is just like, I know how to catch fish and sell it. Like, <laughs> like I know how to catch fish and sell it. That's all I know how to do. She heads up to the ladder, asking Amid if he can make a UV light to kill the spawn spawn of the species. Um, he co- covers the flashlight with, excuse me, he covers the flash of her phone with tape, coloring over the uh, co- coloring over it with a purple light. They briefly discuss Amid's home life before she co- comments that the light is a, is too tiny. She tries she tries it out, but it isn't working. Feeling defeated, she a- she asks how long until they make it home. And it's funny because I don't think the light was too tiny. I think it just wouldn't have worked. Yeah, it's weird because they they try a lot of different stuff. They do, and, and they, they tried don't really fire, do too much of it. Yeah. yeah, so I don't think I don't think the UV light worked. I think this thing just had just was unkillable. Yeah, like I mean, because like they didn't kill it at all. Like I mean, it could be the ultimate predator. It it, it could be very much could be just dormant and just it's waiting for form. a ship to pass by. Is this the prequel of Alien? Is it? I don't know. Is it the prequel of Venom? We saw Prometheus. They dropped something in water. They did drop something in water. (laughs) Was it? (laughs) He approximates 30 hours, Savan complaining that they will all be infected by that time. She looks at the lamp and comes up with an idea. 
Cut to Freya calling Savan, uh, Savan mad. Uh, Savan shares that, uh, that disinfectant won't kill them, and neither does UV light, and neither did electrocuting. <laughs> but they went, but they want to electrocute them instead. Freya um, c- questions them about all of the risks. She tells them no, not wanting to risk her boat. Savan, uh, actually, I guess that might have worked. We don't really truly know. I don't think Technically, it works. I don't think it worked either. Um, she tells them no, not wanting to risk her boat. Savan comments that um, it is either their boat or their bodies, and she has to choose one. Ultimatums. Come on. Make it snappy. The crew starts splashing liquid all over the boat, Freya thinking this is insane while grabbing an extinguisher. She calls for them to do it. To do it. Amid turns on the battery, handing Savan a live exposed wire. She places the wire on the ground, electrocuting the boat. She passes it to, to Amid to the upper area of the boat. Um, the current... Con- um, the current... Con- oops, excuse me. The current conducts to the front of the boat, damaging the head of the boat. Uh, how many times can I say boat? Freya runs out of the bridge to tend to the damages, and she begins to sob about her boat. <laughs> she goes back inside amid um, moving Savan out of the way, and I love how he just like, like yeah, you don't want to be in that path like, right now. Like, just please get out of her way. Savan is checking on more of the goo as Freya cleans Sudi's wounds. Um, Freya goes to see Savan, asking her if it worked. She tells Freya that she thinks so and, and adds that they can go ashore once they know that they are clear. Freya tells her that they are clear, but Savan reminds her that Johnny is, is uh, excuse me, but Savan reminds her about Johnny and it taking him about 36 hours to, for him to show signs of exposure. Freya is not having it, having it though and is still heading to the port. And like, I get it. I get it. Because like you're scared. Yeah. All you want to do is get the fuck home. At For this sure, point, 100%. like I, I get it. Savan calls her back, sharing a story about Christmas Island to put in perspective the, uh, what what happened if they if they dock before they make um, make it to a shore. And just to remind or let people know what, what Christmas Island is, it was an island that had a bunch of crabs. It was inhabited by nothing but crabs. But until a few ants came on came along and they pretty much killed them all. Wiped them out. Yeah, they ate their eyes out. And they couldn't see anymore. And they ate them from the inside out. No more crabs on Christmas Island. They continue to argue about the effect that this could uh, this could have on the rest of the world if things spread. Freya argues about Sudi and how he, how she is not going to lose another crew member before leaving out of the room. Savan asks for Amid's help to keep everyone on the boat when they get to port. He chuckles. Um, he chuckles that this will never happen and that Sudi needs help now. She asks about where he lives, um, letting him know that there are two, 200,000 people that live in Galway that they, are, that they could possibly be risking. He's not hearing it and tells her that she doesn't have jurisdiction on Sudi's life. And like I said, I can't blame them, but I get it. Yeah. Like, I, I get like it. Everyone's making sense at this point. It's just, obviously, they have to be careful because she's totally right. Yeah. I, I get everyone's scared. Everyone wants to just go home. Just yeah. get everything done. I, I get it. We jump to Sierra with Sudi, um, asking him, um, asking if his eyes are open or closed. This fucking broke my heart. When he is directly when looking up, yeah. he's like, are my eyes open or closed? She tells him that so they are scary. open. He begins to sob as she tries to calm him down. He stops. Sierra calling for him, but he's not responding. 
so he notices a, sh- a shimmer of the spawn swimming behind his pupil. Jared and Omid lay him down in the freezer, um, and Jared gives his prayers but can't finish it. Freya takes the book to complete it. Everyone disperses except for Savan, um, watching everyone's movements. She goes to Jared and Freya, demanding that they quarantine. They they tell her that um, they need to get get them home. Jared adding that they um, can go to the hospital if they want to. Then tells her to f- <clears throat> then he tells her to fuck off. <laughs> Woo! Okay. She tries to reason with him, but he yells for her to leave. She heads um, back down, looking at the rotors of the boat. Amid asking if she's okay, she nods her head, and he, uh, he leaves out of the area. And she throws the rope into the rotor. Mm. Fuck. Meanwhile, Amid goes into the kitchen, asking Freya um, how Jared um, is doing. She tells him that he's not infected, and she eats her biscuits. The boat starts to creak and groan amid rushing out back to Savan. He pulls her inside the ship, Sierra asking why the engine has stopped. She tells tells him that she disabled the boat. Sierra punches her square in the face. I don't fucking blame her either. Yeah. Like, damn, that's a punch-in-the-face type of moment. It really is. And you obviously get why she did what she had to do. Oh, yeah. This is where the screenwriting also does a really good job because it has the character making the action and we see the effects of that action and right. we continue the story that way. Sure. And it just intensifies the whole situation. It's like, now you don't have a choice. We mm-hmm. are stuck on this boat. We're not going anywhere. We're not going back to the place that we were supposed to land at and we were not going to expose these people. Now we have to deal with it on our own. Right. And it's kind of like heartbreaking and I get why she got punched because both people have those emotions going on in their heads right now. And yeah, you feel for these characters. You do. You, you definitely do. Everyone yelling at Savan about what she does, what she has done. Savan shares that she could have gotten infected before the destruction of the eggs, letting them know that they, that there isn't any help for this. She tells them, and, and that's another thing too. It's just like, we don't know what we're dealing with. Like, if we bring this to a shore, we could be fucking everyone up. Oh, for sure. Yeah. She tells them she tells them that she wants them to stay on the boat, but to, um to make sure that none of them are infected, reminding them about their loved ones that she is trying to protect and that um they have to take action and responsibility. Now night, Freya coming into her cabin with Jared lying down, uh, telling her that um, he caused this. He starts to cry, but she begins to blame herself for uh, what happened to the crew. Savan is checking on her wound. Freya bursting into the room, asking her to um, test all of them since they sh- um, saw something in Johnny's eye. She begins to to shine a light in Amid's eyes. Um, <clears throat> excuse me, but she claims that she doesn't see anything. He asks he. Um, he checks her, claiming that he doesn't see anything either. Sierra asks for them to do her. She sees nothing. Um, next, Freya. She's good. She doesn't check Jared. He stops her. He tells her. Um, she tells him that she doesn't uh, need to check him because he's already infected. Damn. Freya takes the flashlight and then checks him. She gasps, and when she sees sees it in his eyes, he exerts a fuck, startling everyone, then apologizing. He shares that they weren't meant to be there, letting them know that they that um, he changed course and the Coast Guards don't know where they even are. He tries to apologize to them, but Amid tells him to leave out of the room. They all leave, leaving um, both Sierra and Savan in the kitchen. Sierra apologizes to her, holding her neck uncomfortably. Um... Uh, Savan shoves her off and moves away. And this moment, you think that like maybe Sierra saw something in her eye at first because like she's starting to look at her pretty intensely. And yeah. then she's starting to really grip onto her neck. And that's when Savan's like, 
okay, fuck. I didn't see the shimmer. It's totally there. But like, get out of my face. We cut to Jared and Freya looking at, at their daughter's picture, him sharing that she, um, he doesn't mind seeing their little um, Neem again. Um, Savan is frantically trying to climb up the ladder, Sierra um, telling her to wait. She grabs Savan's leg while giving a possessed scream. Savan kicking her off, um, and Sierra falls down, falls down below, hitting her head, not moving. Thanks. And I love how like Savon's like, fuck, I fucked yeah. up. Like, like comes back down like, like immediately. I did not mean to do that. <laughs> Meanwhile, Jared is handing Freya a knife and she begins to sob. Back with Savon going to check on Sierra and amid um coming into the area. A glowing parasite comes out of her pupil amid immediately stomping on it. She rushes down the hall, calling for Freya. She leaves out of the out of her cabin, sniffing from her tears. So and Actually, when I do want to mention that when uh, Sierra pretty much almost attacks Savan, yeah. that's where I feel like, oh, maybe they're t- starting to turn on each other, kind of thing. Right. Or that's the, the only context concept. that I was yeah. I was able to kind of find from that. Um, Savan seeing Jared's throat slit on the bed. Damn, that's rough. Like, I mean, well, fuck. What like, do what's you do? the better way to die? I guess. I fuck not that. Yeah. It uh, it would be so, like it would be such a shitty situation to be in, knowing that you're infected. You can't yeah. do anything about it. Right. You know what the outcome is going to be. Yeah, and you have a lost daughter, and you're kind of like coming to terms, like I'm okay with dying. I will be reunited with her. And yeah, we we can see that they have such a emotional bond with her too, because at the forefront of this uh, boat, we see that the the statue or wooden statue that they have is kind of like an homage to their daughter. Right. Like, and that's yeah. why she was so effective when like it got electrocuted and almost yeah. went on fire. I think the whole boat was named like, cause they, Off she her, named yeah. her daughter. And that's why they wanted to do the things they wanted to do to save their livelihood, to save their own boat and ship. And that's why they took the risks that they did. And unfortunately that was their demise. Right. Freya's packing up to take a rowboat to find help. Amid and uh, Savan trying to stop her uh, from leaving the boat, she gives her instructions to make a flare, but he continues trying to convince her to stay. Using the boat as leverage, but it doesn't work. She leaves anyway. Do you think she made it? Yeah, they they leave that completely open. Yeah. It's like, yo, okay. She's uh, off the boat. Nothing helping. I'm going to say yes to have this. You know, happier. I'm gonna say no. Oh, damn. <laughs> the the water tank uh, underneath <laughs> um, begins to thud from where uh, whatever. It, it, I mean, think about it, dude. No survivors. Three days from shore is what Omid said. Like yeah. you're three days if you row by yourself. That's doable. But this is the biggest thing too. This puts a time frame too. They have no drinking water. Right. But at the same time, from what I've learned from Life of Pi, also a great movie, they should have a supply of water bottles. Should, but then again, I don't know. It's just a movie. Yeah, I was like, I don't should. know. If that's I don't know. There, sh- there should be emergency supplies if they run out um, running water. I mean, I think which, that's what she was taking. Yeah, like, it looked like that's what she was taking, like supplies and stuff like that. Yeah. So I'm pretty sure I can say she made it. 
Yeah, she didn't make it. Savan and Amid hear hear it as uh, they are placing Jared in Sierra's body um, with the others. They run to the sound, looking at the lid of the um to the water, moving back from another thud. They are back into the kitchen. Savan piecing together that the creature survives in fresh water. Um, they try to figure out um how how to get the animal out, knowing that stunning it won't work. Savan comes up um with it being um hadiophilogenic. No, that's more wrong. More words. Yeah, it's, it's a, definitely a more science word. Hato-pelagic. hato uh, Sure. We'll go with that. And for them to heat the tank uh, since it likes the cold. She shares that it won't kill it and, and exposes that um, she wants to release it back um, into the aquatic wild. What? <laughs> I that's get adorable. it, though. She's a scientist. Yeah, she's a scientist. It's just an animal. Yeah. Just an animal. We're in its habitat. It's living its own life. Yeah, we're in its habitat. That's like yeah. like me. Like when I see a spider out in the wild, I don't smush it. Yeah. If, you, if you're in, in my house, house oh, that's my right. habitat. Like <laughs> you don't belong in here. <laughs> you're a thief now. <laughs> uh, they argue about um, they argue about either keeping it alive or not. But the the they conclude to heat the tank. Amid takes a blowtorch to the tank until the creature slows down. They slowly lift the lid, but the fluorescent tentacles pop out of the water. Amid, and this looks gorgeous, Amid is about to stab it, but he falls and slips right through the boat. Um, he notices he notices that um, they are sinking and tells her to grab the food. They rush to grab the food and they get ready, grabbing the white spirit to set the boat on fire to create a beacon. Savan heads down um, into the inflatable raft, then Amit comes down slowly because he can't swim. He slips and falls into the water and frantically fl- flailing around as she tries to get him out, get him into the boat, uh, but he is pulled underneath the water from the tentacles. Savan jumps into the water, swimming for him, ripping the tentacle uh, that has hold that um has hold of him. The they swim back up to the raft, him giving his thanks and noticing a Coast Guard boat. They um hug and embrace for a moment until she notices her wound, mentioning that she is infected. He tries to keep her calm and assist her, but she brings his uh, she brings his attention back to her, knowing that there is no hope. They begin to sob. Savan, standing and jumping back into the water, she swims down to the black mass, with the tentacles expanding out towards her. Meanwhile, Amid is left sobbing on the raft until he notices the sea is illuminating around him. He waves for the boat coming towards him as it tugs its horn, then credits. Man. Wow. I love the open-endedness of this yeah. whole film. It's fantastic. They're all dead. They're all dead. <laughs> They're all dead. I don't think he made it either. Yeah. Well, I'm just saying. The boat that's coming, going to its doom. Yeah. That boat got grabbed by that thing. Yeah. Who knows? The girl, dead. Yeah. Dead. Everybody, dead. All gone. Gone. But damn, what a movie. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, <laughs> Yeah, it's it's visually stunning too when she dives into the water too, having oh, that like whole like beautiful. sacrifice, like oh I'm infected, it's beautiful. I'm not bringing it back. I know my thing. Well, I, I I do have a thing as to why she probably did that, like you know, to become one with it. I don't think so. Oh, okay. I don't think it was that 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 I guess formulaic. I, I don't know, but metamorphosis. Oh, <laughs> I know the word now. Come, <laughs> um, no, I I really truly think that the main reason why she did that was. Because she thought it was beautiful. Yeah. She thought the true. creature was beautiful. She wanted to study this creature. And I think that's how she wanted to just spend her last moments was with this creature. 
not necessarily going to like battle it out or come become that one or anything. That would have been a great scene. <laughs> she has that little <gasps> knife again in her mouth and just like going not straight down. Sharp at all, just to like take barnacles off the boat. It's like I got you. <laughs> you see, it just a pool of blood. She emerges. It's like I'm cured. Like oh, what? God, <laughs> Jesus! We totally watched two different movies. <laughs> uh, but I got a couple of movie facts for us here. Movie facts? Literally just a couple. The early scene where the captain discusses paying shares with the two crew members who work below deck is a reference to the similar conversation in Alien between Dallas Parker and Brett. Hey. The film shares many similarities with Alien, despite the differences in setting. Hell yeah. The Towler's name is not as uh, Nim Sinor, which in English translates to Nim of the Golden Hair. The name relates to an ancient Irish story, which it um, could be said may relate its parts in the film. Interesting. Cool. Neat. Hmm. That's all I got for those movie facts. But <laughs> let us know what you think about Sea Fever over on Twitter at nightlight underscore pod, and that's night with a K. But our next movie to conclude Keep going with this Aquatic Horror Month because Aquatic Horror is so much fun. So much fun. Because I fucking hate the ocean. I hate the ocean. But we will be covering... Yeah. We will be covering Sweetheart. I'm so stoked for you to watch this movie. I I watched it very recently. Um... But because I it actually took me a while to watch this movie too, and I, I know you've never heard of it, and I want nope. you to go in completely blind, obviously. Perfect, I will. But yeah, it's it's a I'm I'm excited for you to watch it. Because I really, really am intrigued on your thoughts. I'm also excited for uh David to watch it as well. I'm intrigued by the title and having some similarities you, to or connection with water. I you know, I I don't now you that I think about it, too. I don't Damn, even okay. know what that title's about. Anyway, this was Nightlight, a horror movie podcast. I was one of your hosts, Prince, also known as Head Knights, and alongside me we had Freddy. Always keeping it spoopy. Always in forever. Also known as Nighty Nights. Our efforts to get our show out is not enough. We need your help to spread us out to more ghoulish nights. Rating us with five stars is very helpful, but we would love for you to recommend this podcast to someone who would actually enjoy it. You can further support the show over at patreon.com forward slash goodnightlife on the site with the what? Bye. Below you on Patreon, you have access to the show ad free and as early as Monday with the post show. If you don't have any bucks to toss, don't worry. A new episode is released every Friday on most podcast services around the world. And remember everybody, don't forget your nightlight. Murder in America is a true crime podcast that covers stories from all 50 states, including stories of mass shootings, serial killers, and lesser known murders. Do you find yourself doing more research after listening to a true crime show? Well, Courtney and I used to do the same thing, and that's why we created Murder in America. Our podcast dives deep into each case. Our storytelling will make you feel like you're right there within the case with us, watching it all play out. And we do not shy away from the graphic details. If you're a fan of true crime, then listen to Murder in America on Spotify now. Every town has its dark history. Hometown Ghost Stories is a paranormal podcast that goes town to town all across the globe, exploring the world's most haunted places, tapping into the dusty archives and the darkest corners to bring you the most terrifying stories of real people and their harrowing experiences. Hometown Ghost Stories dives into the history of haunted locations and investigates why and how these places earned their terrifying reputation. 
Rob, Dave, and Jesse go live every Tuesday night after an uninterrupted documentary-style breakdown on the case, followed by an open discussion with live viewers. Subscribe today to listen to Hometown Ghost Stories on your preferred podcast platform or watch the video version on YouTube and now Spotify. Head on over to the Bloody FM Podcast Network and check out Hometown Ghost Stories if you're brave enough. (laughs) 